What's going on, friends? I just want to remind you before we begin the episode that none of what we talk about is financial advice. We are super fans of crypto and NFTs, but by no means do we recommend you buy any NFTs at all or crypto. And we hope that you do your research and partake at your own risk. With that out of the way, let's jump into this episode. Welcome to another episode of Behind the PFP. I'm your host, Ren Ren. Now, I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode because today we have an OG of the OGs. He's a true believer of decentralization and has supported Bitcoin and Ethereum for a a long time. So much so that he installed the world's first Bitcoin ATM 10 years ago. But beyond that, he's a man who simply loves nature, anime, and art. A fellow father and one of the most respected human beings in the Azuki community, Seesaw, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ren Ren. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. Oh, I love it, man. It's, it's, it's a long time coming because I know I asked you to come on the podcast months ago. So it's, it's finally here. And uh, man, I am just excited to to talk to a legend a lot a lot of people see you as like this this figurehead and and for for good reason because you have done so much in the community you've been so active not just you know buying assets of azuki or anything like that you've literally been active in the community so it's it's a long time coming and i think a lot of people are going to be happy to hear more about who you are yeah well thank you that's uh that's very generous of you to say. Hopefully, this will let people know that the the rumors about me are are false. I'm just a normal dude. Normal dude. <laughs> <laughs> you are and a very nice dude because for for Vegas, you so graciously invited me to your VIP table, and I again I want to take this time to <laughs> say thank you because that was really kind of you, and I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Of course, it was a good night. Yeah, yeah, it really was. You know what? Funny story about that is that, and I don't know if he's talked to you about this before, but I think I saw Tyler everywhere. <laughs> I saw him everywhere. And it was like just coincidence. It'd be like I'd turn around and he was there with yeah. the rest of Spirit Down, you guys. And I'd be like, I, I, I see this guy like everywhere. That's and- him, man. He He's like... <laughs> A networking connoisseur. He yep. he's in everywhere. He knows what he's talking about. He can he can jump into any conversation and just fit right in. And he, he gets around the room for sure. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it, it was funny because everyone's introducing themselves as like you know I'm Bometti, I'm I'm Ren Ren, and and Tyler's like yeah I'm 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 Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. Uh, the funniest part was that when I was heading home. Guess who I saw at the airport? Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> we ended up talking, uh, and uh, no, he's 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 a good dude, and uh, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have met him unless I came to your VIP table. So again, awesome. it, was, it was a lot of fun. So I'm taking this Great. time to to thank oh. you. <laughs> yeah, anytime, man. Hell yeah! So 
You know, I, I hope I was able to introduce you pretty well there. There's certainly, obviously, way more to you. I mean, I've seen you post a lot about your 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 mountain biking experiences, like every other weekend. <laughs> so yeah, I get out there a lot. <laughs> you do, you do. I like it. Touching grass, as they say. Exactly. Maybe take this time to tell us about who you are and uh, your story. Yeah. Okay. Well. As you guys know, I'm Seesaw. Who I am and my story. Who I am in a nutshell is I'm a pretty down-to-earth, nice guy. I like my family. I like my time with my friends. And I love sports. I don't watch a lot of sports, but I play. I play everything. I always have. I've always been competitive. I used to do like competitive track and field, 100-meter sprint, Really little obscure sport I did was skeleton. Oh. So for those of you who don't know, it's like face first down a luge tube on a tiny little board. And I did that for a few years as part of the Canadian development team. And that fizzled after a couple pretty gnarly crashes. And I just couldn't do it anymore. What? So yeah. you, you've had crashes and... Oh my God, what does a luge crash look like? Face first onto ice going around, <sighs> yeah, like 50 kilometers an hour. That's scary. It hurt. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got concussed, took the night off, went back to training the next night, same corner, no. screwed up <sighs> the same way, concussed. I got stitches here one night, stitches there the next night. And after that, like, I just lost that superhero feeling and I just couldn't do it anymore. I was too scared and I never got it back. Man, any injury can be scary. Any injury, especially when you're playing a sport, right? So, I mean, if you, if you break your wrist, you get back and you're like worried about that wrist, even though you've Mm -hmm. rehabilitated it. So I can't imagine like coming back, like being concussed and hitting the same corner. Oh, that is that's honestly the worst. And yeah. were you, were you, I guess, were you, I mean, you must have been sad about having to quit being on the Canadian development. Yes and no. It was at like kind of like an integral part of my life. I was 29 and I was also starting my first business or my first legitimate business, I should say, because <laughs> I had other ones before, but they were, you know, pretty amateur. But it it was, yeah, I was 29 and it was just time to kind of shift focus out of like, hey, I can go take some winters off and train as an athlete that's not going to go anywhere and make any money. So yeah, it it was time to focus and, you know, start a career and and focus. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It comes with a lot of great stories though. I mean, yeah, of course. Not, not a lot of people can say I trained in uh, skeleton. So uh, mm-hmm. did you ever compete uh, like like nationally or anything like that? No, not really. We competed against other camps. Like we would go to Calgary and compete against the Calgary guys. But it was always in like the lowest of levels. It, it was never serious. Well, I mean, again, like I said, like I think it's it's super cool to even train for something like that and to play uh, a ton of sports. I think it's I think it's important because you learn a lot in sports. You lo- you learn a lot of of different skills that you can honestly translate to you know real life, the real world. 
which yeah. you transitioned to. And I mean, you did talk about like a little bit of failures in businesses, but honestly, I think those failures add up to knowledge and that knowledge just continues forward to whatever you start to pursue in the future. And um, I- I'm kind of curious, like what was your, your first legitimate business? It was a landscape construction company. Okay. Yeah. Me and my foreman at the time at a different company broke off, started our own company. And our first year was wildly successful as far as construction companies go. Like we, he's still going, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Wow. But it just so happens that same year I learned about Bitcoin. Oh. <laughs> and so after about one year of doing construction and then starting my other Bitcoin businesses in my after hours, I I'd kind of had enough. I, I just thought like Bitcoin just got me so excited. I, I couldn't hold back anymore. Yeah. Um, so I had to quit that and walked after about a year and then pursued Bitcoin full time. That is, that is actually insane. It, literally just a year and then whole life just changed, just yeah. flipped upside down. Hey, that's, I find that to be an effect for a lot of people who really value what decentralization can bring. As soon as you learn more and you keep going down this rabbit hole, you're like, why don't we implement this right now? The world needs it. It would change Mm -hmm. everything. Everything would be so much better. And then next thing you know, you're hooked and you're coming, I guess you're coming out with a a, uh, Bitcoin ATM next thing you know. (laughs) Exactly. And yeah, it's wild. Like even that came randomly. Like we, you know, back then the Bitcoin forms were super small. There wasn't a lot going on. And I, we remember seeing this guy named Jordan Kelly with his RoboCoin. That was the brand of ATM. And he had posted, he was in Vancouver and he was like looking for crypto people to get together with and have a group. <laughs> and so we were like, okay, we got to meet this guy. We already had our brokerage going and we want a crypto ATM. And so we went, we sat down at a bar and just started shooting the shit. And we had a great time. We hit it off with him and his partner and basically shook hands on buying the world's first five Bitcoin ATMs off them. What? So that's how it started. So that's how it all started for you. I mean, how do you even like the community must have been so small in the world. It was already small in the beginning, but you narrow it down to just Vancouver. I know Vancouver is a, a big city, but I mean, that's that's pretty crazy to be able to find other people who were really into Bitcoin, not just into it, but motivated enough to be like, yep, I want to let's 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 create something with this. We could we can use this right now. And I like that. You know what? I've been so excited about this um, Bitcoin story because you told us back like a, a, a ton of months ago at, in the Azuki Canada chat where you you kind of told us that you know if if you were buying bitcoin back then it was probably through through me and mm-hmm. that's when i was that's when we first were like whoa like seesaw is like really og <laughs> yeah, i've been around for a while yeah yeah so it's it's been a long time coming and so what kind of what sparked the idea like why did you guys come to okay 
uh, an ATM machine. That would be perfect. Okay. So we first learned, me and my roommate at the time first learned about Bitcoin in 2012. It was August. And tracked down a guy off of an app called Local Bitcoins. And so that was an app where anyone could sign up as a user and a retailer or like a reseller, and they would just go around and meet people on the streets somewhere and you give them cash and they would transfer you Bitcoins. And so that's how we bought our first Bitcoins. And that's how we got into the community. About four months later, five months later, it was January or February. And now we were those guys going around <laughs> meeting people on the forums, meeting up with them in, in real life. You know, they give you 500 bucks to give them some Bitcoin. Um, and it just like you meet a lot of weird people, especially in the early days of Bitcoin. Yeah. And then you're also dealing with cash. And it was. Oh, yeah, it sounds so it was, sketchy. It was, it was sketchy. And so we decided that like the only way Bitcoin's going to have greater adoption is if uh, people feel comfortable buying it and you give them a legit business front that they can walk into like a bank or an exchange, a currency exchange, and they can buy Bitcoin off you. So we decided to make our Bitcoin brokerage. We named it Bitcoiniacs. As far as I know, it was also the world's first Bitcoin brokerage. What? First Bitcoin brokerage. Yeah. And so we just rented a small space in a back alley in Vancouver. We made it look nice and just started advertising. And people would just kind of come in all day long. Really? Buy 50 bucks here, buy 100 bucks here. We met some pretty influential people in the space and helped them buy their first Bitcoins. Yeah. And that just led into buying a Bitcoin ATM, which also led into building our own Bitcoin exchange. That is, that is absolutely insane. Okay. My first question that pops into my mind is, okay, what, what about, what about like legalities? How did, how did you deal with like all of that? Cause like, not only is it new for you guys, like it's, mm -hmm. it's new for everyone, new for the government. What do you even, like, I don't even know what they would say about it. How, it, how it did that work? It was so small, it wasn't on their radar. Mm. Yeah. So every, yeah, that makes every sense. time we tried to get a business license or a currency exchange license, mm -hmm. they just said it's not a currency. Like, you don't, uh, you don't belong, like, reporting <laughs> to us. Yeah. Banks had a really hard time with it oh. because it's all cash. And so, like, you know, we would, after a good weekend or we would be walking into the bank with $50,000 in cash. And I first see. time it went fine. Second time they're like, oh, this is kind of weird. And then it, it kept happening. And then, <laughs> and then we started like losing our bank accounts. Oh no, they started like, locking it. They would start blocking us or, or like removing us from their, their services. So we had a really hard time. And actually that led to us selling Bitcoiniacs because it was almost impossible to run that business legitimately without kind of like lying to the banks about what we're doing, what we're selling, where the money's coming from. Right. It, it felt like we were criminals, but we were legitimately just buying and selling Bitcoin. Yeah. And I mean, you were reaching out to them and they were just like, no, no, you're, we don't, we don't care about you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Your money, your internet money. Sure. Go exactly. do whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I can. Zero 
was happy to take our our taxes. Oh my god! I but yeah, the bank wasn't too wasn't too thrilled about doing business with us. <sighs> Having to you know navigate your way, and it's it's still kind of the same right now because you know regulations are still no one really yeah. knows which direction the SEC is going, even though they have been losing battle after battle after battle. And obviously it's a little bit different in Canada, but I mean, hopefully they follow the, like the big brother in terms of losing and realizing, Hey, we need to implement this right away. But I can't imagine having to do that at such an early stage. The fact that you were able to find people who would actually even want to buy Bitcoin too is is amazing <laughs> but you know what i i think you really helped it out because instead of people meeting in sketchy you know areas and like you know meeting up and handing cash on the streets at least you had a, a nice little space where people could actually go and feel like it was starting to get le- legitimate yeah absolutely we uh we always said like we wanted a place that our grandma would feel safe walking into. Mm. And we had that. We had lots of elderly people and just say like, you know, I heard about this on on the news and I wanted to be part of it. And so our ATM, honestly, we had lineups out the door for a month. What? We had hundreds of news articles around the world printed about it. It it was wild. It was a super exciting time and it coincided with Bitcoin's first big run up from about 200 bucks all the way up to 1100. Wow. So it so it was almost like perfect timing where everything came together. Yeah. Yeah, the day we launched the ATM it was around 200 bucks and within 1 month Bitcoin was $1100. <laughs> and one year before that, yeah, it was $2. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, it all I, so fast. Okay, so then how did you guys feel like during all of that? I mean, during the hype, we felt on top of the world. Like it was oh, yeah. looking back, as you might have seen, I, I just recently had my like the 10 year anniversary of when we launched yes. the ATM. <laughs> and I met up with one of my business partners and we went to the ATM. It's still there. It's still there. And we went to the bar around the corner that we used to always go to and had a drink and just reminisced and it was wild man we it was like the wild west and uh, we got into some pretty hilarious situations and <laughs> it was just a funny time it's hard to it's hard to describe it yeah yeah i can imagine right there's it's it's such an unknown aspect of of you're, you're literally starting like in this new financial system so every moment must have been both funny and exciting but also like scary (laughs) i'm sure you guys had a million different emotions just running through you at every moment of this this growing of of this bitcoin business but then you you became a crypto exchange so how did how did that kind of come into play and why well there was a crypto exchange in vancouver and they ended up getting hacked. Oh, and so it yeah. was, we're now very good friends. It was, it's one of my business partners, but he had to shut it down. And so he had all the technology, he had all the infrastructure, 
And so we approached him and we said like, Hey, there was, there was three of us that were doing the brokerage. We said, Hey, do you want to join us? Bring your crypto exchange assets with you as your buy-in and we'll all each be four even partners in this, in our brokerage and in the exchange. And so he agreed. We spent a couple months kind of rebranding his site, getting it back up to snuff. And then we opened up the exchange and we were at the time we were the biggest players in town. Okay. Yeah. So anyone who came to use the ATM, we were always there. We did bigger kind of side deal, like OTC deals in the office. And we just let people know that we had an exchange and kind of an easier way to buy, buy and sell Bitcoin than coming down and using the ATM. And the exchange also had much lower fees. So we just, we turned people to that. And so that started building and then we routed our ATMs through the exchange. So it provided constant liquidity. Liquidity, yeah. Volume. And then we launched the other four ATMs and tied them all in as well. Oh, wow. So what I'm hearing is that you guys are smart as hell <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Because I'm sure, I'm sure you had to learn a lot about okay how do we even i mean you had to learn how to create an exchange and then create a crypto exchange in itself and like dealing with like the blockchain that, well, that that's not that, easy that wasn't me that was right it's your partners right that was my partner and so he he's a very good developer and he still is my developer today when, when wow. i have <laughs> When I need crypto help, he's the one I ask. That's that's very handy to have, it especially is. having like a, a really good tight knit connection with each other. That helps because you can always trust him in helping you with whatever dev work that you, you need done. So exactly. He, he's got my private keys. Wow. Almost <laughs> all the time. Like he, he set yeah. up all my validators. He's uh He's one of those guys you can just trust through and through. Well, and he's got a track record. He's he's been here since the beginning. Then, so exactly. so shout, shout out to him. Yeah, I mean, so so do you still run that crypto exchange? No, no, we ran it for just over a year, and then we ended up selling it. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we sold the ATM business, and then yeah. quickly after sold the exchange. Wow. Wow. So what? This is a wild like couple of years turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. It all happened really fast. And <laughs> as you, I, I don't know when you got into crypto, but mm -hmm. you'll find the bulls are aggressive and the bears are equally aggressive and long. God, it's just a, uh, a tug of war is what it is. Yeah. Hey between the bears yeah, and bulls like a roller coaster off a cliff <laughs> off, yeah sometimes you can just go right off the cliff and then next thing you know you're back headed up to the moon which is just exactly. insane the volatility in this in this financial sector is i don't think there's anything like it except except you know treasuries and stuff right now but that's a that's another <laughs> conversation yeah. <laughs> yeah so obviously you know you've you've been around the block and you've got a lot of other things cooking up now in the background mm -hmm. 
But before we do get into talking about what you've got coming up next, I would like to go through this little game, this little lightning round section of the podcast called Bean Blitz. I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast at all. I have. But, oh, you have. Okay. Well, hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. So you know how it works. I hope you're ready to catch some of these questions. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Would you rather play a round of mini golf with anime characters as your opponents or have an anime-inspired golf club that adds special effects to your swings? Anime-inspired golf club. Yes. (laughs) I can can only imagine. Golfer, I I would love to have some sort of special ability to sink a putt once in a while. Dude, I think I think I saw you had a post that you, you did like 36 rounds or something like that. And I was like, wait, isn't it only like 18 holes? Like how many how, how much golf is this guy playing? <laughs> Sometimes I play a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Golf is a great game. So I, I respect that. And I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> if if you were to hypothetically rob a casino, who would be on your crew? Oh boy. <laughs> well, I think my developer friend would have to be. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Jeez, I don't even know. <laughs> no I one thinks be... about robbing a casino. No, I, I've never planned this out. I've got a friend who's a poker player, professional po- poker player. So he would probably have some ins and outs on how the casino worked. I've got a pretty tough guy friend, might need him for the muscle. Yep. And I think that would be it. I'd keep it small. Keep it okay. Keep it small. Keep it close. People you could trust. You can never add that wild card because they would just fuck it up. <laughs> when was the last time? And this is a question from from our good friend. When was the last time you wore a skirt? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it was two years ago at my stag. Oh, your stag. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Me and the boys were all in Whistler for the weekend and we were golfing and the guys uh, presented me with a nice little golf skirt to wear on the final day. And no. So I graciously put it on and I got to say, I looked pretty good in it. <laughs> oh man. I, I, I think you got to, I, I think you got to post pictures of this. Uh, I'll, I'll check. Well, I don't know if any of them are really suitable for Twitter. <laughs> well, you know what? They they wouldn't be able to handle it anyways. So no. <laughs> if I gave you a hundred Bitcoin, what would be the first thing that you would buy right now? Ooh, Ethereum. Ooh. You know what? I I kind of felt like that's exactly what you would say because there was there was a tweet that uh I saw. It was what was it again? You talked about how 2022 was the first time you bought Bitcoin since you found Ethereum. So since you found Ethereum, like you hadn't bought Bitcoin, like you were just all in on Ethereum. That is, that's conviction. That's interesting. I don't remember the tweet, but yeah, that's true. That's true. Wow. When I saw Bitcoin come back down under 20,000, I thought this is probably a good time to buy some. And I got a little nostalgic, so I had to put some in the wallet. That's that's awesome. Hey, and now you you got to diversify sometimes. And I think both have equal amounts of 
upside, honestly, because mm-hmm. they're 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 both needed. They're both needed. I, I I feel like, and that's something we can obviously talk about later. But the next question and final question: Would you rather have an Azuki fighting game or an open world RPG type game? Open world RPG. Ah, okay. So you like open open world type games? Yeah. Yeah, I used to play, you know, Street Fighter back in the day, but I was never very good at it. <laughs> uh, I I definitely preferred like World of Warcraft. Oh, really? Oh my god. Okay, there's there's one thing that I've learned about a lot of the the, the whales that I've had on 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 the podcast. I don't know. Wait, by the way, do you even like being called a whale? Not really. No. No, yeah, I think it's just like I think my NFT bags kind of misrepresent (laughs) how should i say this i've got more of my personal wealth in my nfts than i probably should oh (laughs) i see i see i i i I totally understand that so i will refrain from using that word yeah because you know what a lot of the thing is is that i have such a immense respect for the people who put a lot of money into an asset like Azuki, because we don't know where it's going, right? But we believe in what the brand has told us what their vision is. So I respect I have immense respect for anyone who puts a lot of money into into Azuki because it just means that you guys like fully are on board and want to support the project. And it's not about floor price or anything like that. It's just that it just shows that you guys are here for like the journey, like the actual journey of watching a brand grow and build in a fashion we haven't seen before where the community is so, so heavily involved. So again, a lot of respect for your, for, for you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you. It is very different investing in NFTs than in just crypto coins. You don't get the same type of community or the same fun and the vibes. A lot of what I get from the Azuki space reminds me of my early days in Bitcoin. People are excited. People are like really hyped on it. Everyone's got these wild ideas about what it could be, where it will go. And hopefully there's a whole bunch of financial upside as well. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all we can really hope for. And at the same time, like why not just indulge in the the fun right because you 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 know the you know the feeling so it's it's always fun to just enjoy those those experiences and and the feeling of watching a brand grow and being excited for the next thing and interacting the way we do so i'm i'm happy to know that we have a lot of people who who are just as excited and show it in so many different ways well thanks for playing bean blitz there Uh, i I hope it wasn't like too random but i sometimes i like the randomness no that was good i you know you can't prepare for bean blitz no you you really can't so i I had no idea what to think so (laughs) all right good i'm glad i i caught you uh caught you off guard there but now let us talk about something really exciting would you like to sort of give us an overview of what you have coming up. Yeah, sure. So I've got a project I've been working on for a long time. 
over a year now, and it's called Crypto Moments. And so what I've what I came to realize recently, well, not recently, over a year ago, was that all of the things I've been through were, you know, super valuable, important moments in the crypto movement. And I had a unique first person view of all of them. I lived through most of them. And so I thought now that I'm in the NFT space, it kind of all clicked. And I wanted to capture those moments with art and make it into an NFT and hopefully make it into a, a bunch of other mediums as well. Okay. So I find it interesting that this is really this is really a passion project for you because like you said, you've you've gone through so many stages, the all of all of the stages of all of these uh crypto moments. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder if you'll add SBF getting arrested and jailed and could face up to 115 years. Thank God. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would. But yeah, you've you've actually gone through so many of these moments, and I'm honestly so curious about what 25 moments you guys chose. I don't know if that's something that you want to disclose right now because it's it's fun to have a little bit of mystery. But I mean what's one of those moments that you're like, you're super excited to show? Well, I, th- I think the Bitcoin white paper is oh, yeah. the most obvious moment. It It is what started everything. Yeah. So Satoshi, you know, the what he did, the brilliance he has is solving the double spend problem and just having a decentralized ledger. So no... Fed, no bank can ever change it without everyone seeing what's up. Yeah, exactly. So that moment to me is is pretty exciting. I think a lot of people will resonate with it. As far as the other moments go, you know, there's you'll you'll find out during uh, pretty soon. I, we're 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 close. Yes, uh, I think I think it's going to be uh, a super exciting time for you because you said you you've been building it for um, almost over a year. Yeah, and so. It's, it takes a lot of time to produce something that, you know, you want to leave your, your, your sort of mark on the blockchain. And actually, I want to focus on that. You know, when I see new pro, uh, projects in this space, I sort of focus on, on like three, three things. And that would be, you know, the, the vision, like why, why build in this space, you know, the, the team. Obviously, we've we've talked a little bit about the team. You guys have been here for a very long time. Uh, I guess I'm assuming that <clears throat> your your dev will be helping with this project. No, actually, no. No, okay, yeah. He was busy doing other stuff, exploring the world. He he goes on crazy adventures, and he couldn't commit uh, full time to help. So we went with someone else who's also very well known in the space. I'd love to be going on crazy adventures, so <laughs> I don't blame him, but. It sounds like you have someone you can trust. So, uh, so yeah, the vision, the team, and obviously the, the product itself, and you know what's what's its value proposition. So, those are the, the three things that I kind of look at when when I see projects, and I really focus on that because take take Azuki for example. I I really I've stuck with them for so long because of the vision, their why mm-hmm. of why they're building this product. It was all shown 
through their manifesto. So I really want to drill down, like, why why do it through art, uh, through NFTs? And why did you choose these crypto moments? Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, part of the motivation for me was meeting a lot of people in the NFT space. They literally didn't own a Bitcoin, hadn't heard of most of these important moments. And, you know, they came in and they're, they're pretty green to the space. And it, it's hard to Google, like, why is Bitcoin important? You, you get a billion different answers. And so I thought it was going to be a very cool way of documenting crypto's history, as well as educating people who wanted to learn all through a cool, beautiful medium of art. Yeah. Throughout history, things have been documented by art, whether it was like, you know, battles between kingdoms back in the day, religious experiences, kind of everything. So this is this is how I chose to present it. Ah, uh, you know what? You know what it really reminds me of? It reminds me of like a like an art museum and almost like a history book, right? So you you get to and see this is the the beauty of it. It's a history book, but you can see it all on the blockchain and it's it's all there and you get to do it through these beautiful mediums of of art and you know you get to to show everyone and and I'm actually very green like I I came in in like 2021 so I'm very green and I and that's why I'm so curious on what moments you chose because mm-hmm. I only know I only know a couple you know I, I like I w- of course I would choose the um the bitcoin white paper the the ICO bubbles, the the beginning of Crypto Kitties, maybe Crypto Punks, things like that, right? The era of like Ethereum and that becoming a movement and starting to gain traction as well. So yeah, like see there, I I only listed like six or or, or whatever, and so twenty five moments is 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 a lot, and I'm kind of curious on. <laughs> what we're gonna see it's a lot but it was actually really hard to narrow it down because mm. when you when you go through the history there there's hundreds and new ones are happening every day just like you said SBF convicted of all seven counts today like bam that that's a big moment for the space that that's cleaning up some of the garbage that's around and so I think you know you might see F- SBF in, in our moments yeah. Not going to say one way or the other, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was a really fun experience. But yeah, I think I started with a hundred moments oh, wow. and then yeah. started narrowing them down and then even changed them after, after speaking with one of our artists, he, he asked why we didn't have this moment in this moment. And we realized we could swap a few in and swap a few out to make it a bit stronger of a, a launching product. And you know what? The, I think the cool part too, is that you can add to this. Like this isn't the end mm-hmm. all be all. This isn't, you know, this is this is it. You know, we, we've come out with with these 25 moments and that's it. I could almost see this as a collection that progressively takes advantage of these big crypto moments by immortalizing it on the blockchain through art. And next thing you know, you have this art collection where people, like you said, can be educated. Mm-hmm. It's almost like walking into a museum of, you know, where you read the description while enjoying the art. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way I see it, but 
Uh, I'm also actually really curious on the art aspect and you know how did you direct your artists to create this one this one moment or another moment right so yeah we've got we've got five artists and 25 moments each artist is making their own version of every moment so we'll have five unique pieces of art for each moment and what i did was kind of give them a pretty quick and easy summary of each moment because they didn't know a lot of them as well. And then I supplied them with, you know, different links to certain articles about those moments and pretty much just said, go for it. Um, I I really wanted to be as hands-off as I could. Some of them asked me for more input or any ideas I had. And a few of the pieces are like from a a result of both of us working on it together and talking it through. Oh, wow. Yeah. But for the most part, they gave me what they had, what they wanted, how, how their vision went, and that's what we got. There wasn't a lot of back and forth. There wasn't a lot of edits. We did talk a lot, but yeah, the art was theirs. I like that too. You know, I like to be able to co-create, but I also love giving the artists full reign sometimes because they're you know, their, their creativity can just take over and it, it, it's fun to see what they can work out. But obviously, I mean, when you're curating something so, so special to you and your team, like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to do it in, in, in that sense without, without that co-creation. And speaking of like the team, like, do you guys have like this, this set team? Is it just you and your developer or like, yeah, so it's me and my my main partner, Ben. He actually is kind of what kicked me into gear when I first told him, because I, I was thinking on this and had notes written down and kind of ideations about how it could work. And it wasn't until I met him about six months later and explained to him my idea and the vision for it, and that that got him really excited. And then his excitement got me really excited. And then that's when we really started. And that was about December of last year. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're, all, we're almost at a year of like, like boots on the ground building. And about six months before that, it was like me thinking on it, conceptualization. Um, but yeah, it was, it was getting together with him that really like, we really started putting in the time and hammering out the details. Yeah. And it's like you said before the podcast started, you're busy. You are super busy and it's, it's grind time. And I guess, so are you guys kind of on track right now on where you want to be? Yeah. Like I said, we're just hammering out the last little details, which, you know, they, they've just add up over time. You're always focused on like the big chunks, like get those in place, but now it's time to get every little detail perfect. And from the start, it's never been a about a rush. I, I didn't want to like just try and get something out there and capture people's money. It, this is really, like you said, a passion project. I want it to be something people really appreciate and go to the website often and look at our gallery often and, you know, participate in the experience. So you can't rush that. No, definitely not. <clears throat> Especially not with like a, a passion project. And are you going to have like this 
fun experiment with it or is it just kind of this is it this is what you what we're we're doing like it's an art project and and that's it you know or are you going to be implementing something different or new like like i think about jack butcher when he started like you know the 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 oe meta during that time not that you know you have to but it's just like i'm really interested in like anytime uh there's a new project in this space i'm I'm always curious like oh is there like a technology aspect that you're gonna you're gonna do something different and yep yep there will that we've we've added some gamification to it so okay yeah there's gonna be burn a burn mechanism where you take multiple versions of a single moment and you can burn them or so kind of the idea behind it was different frames. So frame, silver frame, gold frame, and you can burn multiple wood frames to get a a piece of art in your silver frame. And so you'll be able to choose which art piece carries forward to the next level of frame. Ah, I see. Yeah. It goes silver, then gold. And once you get to gold, you're going to start getting rewards. There's a bunch of different rewards that we've got lined up that we're pretty excited about. Would it would it de- depend on what moment as well? It will. It yeah, will. So okay. Each artist has made some one of ones that we'll be giving away. So depending which piece you get to a gold frame, that's will determine which pieces you get to select from. I'm man. I'm 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 really looking forward to this. And you know what? I'm not gonna uh, search up big moments in crypto when I when I see what your project is, I would be like, okay, so this, the, this right here is the, the big moments. It's, it's funny. Cause like you can, of course you can look up what some of these moments are, read it, you know, but to put it in art, use a different medium to really get people to experience that moment, I think is, I think is the fun part of, of what you're doing. I think so too. And, and we, we will have very detailed, write-ups to go with them as well so not only will you get to enjoy the art but if you choose to if you want to read about it you're going to learn something too and one of the fun parts about it is even myself i'm i've learned details that i didn't really know about some of the moments so it's, it's been it's been pretty fun for myself as well you know, it's almost like you're you're writing the Bible here. <laughs> not not that you are, but it's it, it kind of reminds me of that for whatever reason. Yeah, this uh, is the crypto gospel. I'll, I'll be Chris- handing books to people. They can go door to door. Yeah, preaching the the good word of of seesaw. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm really excited for for what you guys have planned there, and I will be keeping a close eye on it. I think a lot of people are going to be really excited about it because it's something that you are passionate about and it's history. And I think as I grow older, I realize that history isn't boring. You you don't just shove it aside. I used to shove it aside when I was like younger, right? Like a, a lot of a lot of kids. But you can learn so much from history and you can learn from the mistakes that happened back then. And you can push forward with that knowledge. Yeah. Well, like they say, history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it rhymes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what's happened before, you're you're bound to make the same mistakes exactly. that the predecessors did. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting. The art is dope. 
And I think the project's going to be cool. I, I can't wait to share it with people. Uh, I'm a little nervous as any as anyone would be, yeah. would be, I think, when they're they're presenting their something they've been working on for so long. But I mean, we'll see. See how it goes. I'm honestly super excited to see what your chosen artists have created with uh with your vision in mind. Because from what you've told us, it sounds like it's fully focused on art, of course, and the history of crypto. Yeah. But I really do think you'll find a lot of people from OGs to newer folks in the space who enjoy having a piece of history in their wallet. Uh, it's it, it's never easy to create any kind of NFT art or brand or community, but I think you have that passion and experience <laughs> to curate a community that that gets excited about these moments in crypto. I would be excited about all of these moments in crypto and having it in my wallet. So Seesaw, thank you for sharing your project with us. Uh, now, I do want to switch gears here and finish this podcast off by, well, I'd like to talk about Azuki a little bit. Sure. Would that be okay? Yeah. One of my favorite subjects. <laughs> yes, yes. And you've you've definitely shown that. So you know what? I want to start with your your origin story in in this Azuki timeline. How did you come across Azuki? And I guess why why did it pique your interest so much that you went you went all in on it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. At uh so I I was a little bit late to the party. They were still, Azuki was still unrevealed, but it had minted. So I missed right. the mint. I think I bought my first two, two ETH. And this was pretty much like my first, it wasn't the very first exposure to NFTs, but this is when I first really was paying a lot of attention to the space. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so one of my friends just said like, check this out. I think we should buy it. And so I, I bought two. They were both two ETH. And waited for the reveal and i'm fairly reserved when it comes to new products new technologies um i don't necessarily jump in on day one i, I like to see what happens take my time learn about it before i dive in and so you know azuki revealed i had one with a gold zambato sword a gold wait that's clean and i think i flipped it for six ETH like immediately and I was like, damn, like, whoa, <laughs> I just won. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, once it crashes down, I'll, I'll rebuy. And then it was, the floor was five ETH and then seven ETH and then nine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. That went up. And then I started looking through the collection more and more. And I, I was just kind of hooked. Like, Azuki's a beautiful collection. I like just looking through it. And so look through it, look through it and, you know, just, you just fall in love. You see that one, it just speaks to you. And so it's like, oh, I got to have that. And so you put in an offer and then, you know, one thing led to another. And before I knew it, I, I had like 10 of them. And then <laughs> I was just looking at spirits and, you know, they were like 200 ETH at the time. Like, like things were crazy. Things this was bull run too. Yeah. This was the bull run. Yeah. Things went crazy. And then, you know, my blue elemental guy who I'm, I'm known for Hell yeah. came up and it was kind of at, at the peak. I think it was right after the Zegabond FUD, the builder's okay, journey. Yeah. And so it had come down a little bit, but not, not a lot yet. And so I, I negotiated 
you know, I thought I was negotiating a good deal. It turns out it's hindsight. That was a lot of fucking money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. Lot How much money. did you, you buy it for? 250 ETH. 250. Was that the... Was that the most back then? No, no. One of the spirits sold for 400. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. No. It's up there. there. There wasn't many above that. No, no. no. Um, I mean, in, in that regard, it was, it was a deal back then. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's it's just been part of my online identity persona yeah identity for so long now like i don't really have any regrets it, mm -hmm. it was fun at the time it's still fun i still love my azuki and yeah i'm happy i have them so so i find it interesting that like so you were just looking at the the collection and you're like oh this one's dope oh this one's dope and then you started shooting out offers but did you know much of the the community aspect of of it all during that time no Oh, Not at really? all. I, I wasn't in the Discord. It took me a while to get into the Discord. Actually, I don't even think I joined until after I bought the Blue Elemental, which was kind of months later. So yeah, I, I didn't really get NFTs at the time. I was just kind of hooked on the art of it. I thought they looked cool. I love anime. And so it just really spoke to me. And then once I got into the community, whether it was on Discord or in Twitter, and just like everyone was just having fun at and everyone, you know, there, there's a level of sophistication that seems to be in NFTs that, I mean, there's obviously a level of stupidity as well, but yeah. there's a lot of really smart people in there, in the space. And there's a lot of people having a lot of fun and there's a lot of entrepreneurs and everyone's just having a good time. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the, the most powerful things to me is that you can meet, you can be sitting in the same room as, as an OG crypto guy who who put in the first <laughs> bitcoin atm you know like it's it's absolutely wild to me that and and you could be i've talked to doctors i've talked to to djs who are who are now performing yeah. with steve aoki you know performing on their own and really killing it like this there's just been so many different people that i have had the access to be able to talk to and i think that is a really powerful thing when it comes to this space and having this this really tight knit community because it's been oh god it's it's almost been two years now for mm -hmm. azuki so it's been a long time knowing everyone in this space and you start to grow that bond more and more and that community starts to grow that bond and it becomes like this huge culture and we're seeing it everywhere now right in in hong kong like there's mm. this gathering in hong kong la new york the official azuki events even us here in canada like we have this tight-knit group and it's just growing you know it's just yeah. growing and as as time passes and i can relate this to your project too when it comes to art and and history especially art i find that as time passes as we continue to move forward with this technology and, and as it gets better and the usability gets to a level where people are, you know, everyone is suddenly in this space, right? I find that everything before, like the history, it's all ingrained into the culture. And next thing you know, you have this unstoppable force that attracts more people, which then 
continues to grow the culture and history. It's like a compound effect. And one year, two years, three years down the road, your art, um, Azuki, everyone that continues to build at this time becomes a part of that history and becomes a part of that that unstoppable force. And so it's just the it's just the start. It really is. And I always saw this. I always saw all of this to be something that was going to take a very long time anyways. So the fact that we're here now and you've been able to even attend Vegas. Oh, was Vegas your first? Like that must have been your first. Yeah. Really? So I'm kind of curious. What was your your reaction to, you know, meeting these people <laughs> like in real life? Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, it was super fun. It, in the early days of Bitcoin, all of the experiences and community I had was face to face. And so over the years, as as I got out of those businesses and I was solely online, just trying to like do my own thing, making money for myself, I, I lost that sense of community in the crypto space. Mm. And I got that back with NFTs. And so meeting everyone for the first time, it was like, it's kind of like a high school reunion. Like <laughs> you see people, you recognize them or you recognize a voice, but you don't know what they look like. Yeah. And you can't put a name to it. And then like no one uses the real names. It's all pseudonyms. It's, it was hilarious and fun. And it was like lots of hugs, lots of love. It was a really good time. Oh, dude. I'm so glad to hear that. That's yeah. your experience a lot. And it, it's awesome because a lot of, people did say that it was like it was like a high school reunion it was like i've known these people for years and years and i think that i think that all starts from like azuki's why their vision and i mean contrast to that like it's really interesting that you (laughs) you came into it because of the art first and then found the community i guess what's your your take now when it comes to nft communities and where do you think we'll see it like grow and develop to? Well, I think the good, the good brands are going to have a core community. And what I learned from actually Luca watching him work is, is like your first like 5,000 champions as a new business or a new product are the, are the hardest to get in a normal business. But in NFTs, you have your first 5,000 champions for every new product you roll out. So like when they launched their toys, you know, their first day sales went through the roof. It helped them get exposure on like Amazon's front page, stuff like that. Right. Because they have those champions screaming every, every place they can, like, look at these pudgy (laughs) penguins, look how dope they are. Yeah. So communities around NFTs are very powerful. And, and that's where I think, some of the bigger brands are trying to enter to get that. And so far they seem to be failing, but the web three native brands like Yuga labs and Azuki and Pudgy penguins, they're, they're really nailing that. And, you know, when Azuki, if Azuki puts out it's anime, it, you know, it's going to have 5,000 retweets day one. That's true. It, it's yes. going to get big exposure. And it'll get a lot of eyeballs on it. So it really helps a brand like, it's really a superpower for these brands. Wow. You know what? I didn't think about 
that moment of utilizing community because as long as you're building something really good like pudgy penguins are and azuki as long as you're building something good that people can adhere to and can relate to and in, invokes like emotions like it's just natural for people to want to shout at the top of their lungs about this brand because they love it so much and oh. then yeah next thing you know more people start to question like what is this you know and we see that moment with luca and pudgy penguins when david dobrik is is on tiktok with it and then more people are gonna i'm sure more people are asking what is that what is pudgy penguins and well guess what they have five thousand people who are ready to tell you what pudgy penguins are you know exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's really yeah it's it's a superpower it really is and i think i think that the nft community uh, if we can continue to be open like it's just gonna grow more and more because like, like you have to be open to like everyone because it that's what it is it's a trustless system like this is an open system that we're on and anyone can join at any time they want and, and that's the beauty of it and you know you you vote with your like your dollars or your wallet. Like if you want to be part of a community, go be part of it. Yeah. If you are a negative person, you're going to get, you know, kind of uh kick to the curb and then you can sell that asset and move on. Cause it's open. Yeah. Cause it's open. Yeah. And, and the market and the people and the community dictate what the, what the community is about. Yeah, exactly. So it's really exciting in the way that, brand building is entering this new form of experience. So I think it's going to be exciting. And in, in terms of like euphoric moments in, in Azuki for you, what would that be? Was it the, the Vegas event or was it like the golden skateboard? Cause the golden skateboard is, is something else too. Yeah. I think there was, there, there's kind of three. The, the first LA party, I, I was at home, but it, it was like a pretty cool night for me. I'll, I'll talk about it later. I, I've, as I've been going through the moments, I've been reminiscing about some of my own experiences and you'll, you'll get to read about that one later. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that one, the golden skateboard and then Vegas, Ve Vegas was really like the culmination of like two years of meeting people and interacting with people and doing business with people and then actually finally getting to meet. And so that, that was, it's hard to take away from that experience. The, the skateboard was like super fun, super innovative. Yeah. And then when it was over, it was like, huh, shit, I spent a lot of money on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, uh, wait, what does your wife think about all this? Like, what did she say when she saw the golden skateboard? She was like, what? She what she was there with me in the room. She was the oh. one who told me to put the last bid in. She said, one more bid. No and way. And it ended up sticking. So she, you know, it it's pretty wild to her as, as well. We started dating that first year that I bought my Bitcoin or started the Bitcoin brokerage. Oh, wow. So she's yeah. been with me the entire the ride. Time. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's been a lot of ups and downs financially as a business person in every aspect 
of life, it, you know, life's a wild ride, but uh, yeah, she thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> she looks at the skateboard now and she's like, what are you going to do with that? Thing? <laughs> we, we just moved. So it's, it's just sitting in the box. Yeah. Not on display. I'm going to find a nice spot for it. Yeah, you have to. And I, I'm sure your, your your son will love looking at it and being able to to see that too. And you can tell them all, you know, as as we old people will, like tell them the stories of <laughs> of exactly. NFTs and all, exactly. all these it's, moments. It's a talking piece. And that's what art is. You know, yes. art's a conversation. Yeah. It sparks the mind. It gets you thinking. It Yeah, so it's just another piece of art in my house that I've got a cool story with. Hey, shout out to your wife for being there that whole ride. Because, I mean, the amount of ups and downs you guys must have had to deal with is just beyond me. It's wild, man. It's wild. <laughs> and in the beginning, you know, I, I've gotten used to the ups and downs and I don't really show it on the outside as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it was like, oh my God, I just made $5,000 today. And you know, back in the day, that was a lot of money to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was like that every day for a few months. And then it was the opposite every day for a few months. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, don't talk to me. I just lost $20,000. Mm. And uh, yeah, it um, the financial ups and downs were wild. Oh my God. The volatility of the market reflected in the volatility of your emotions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And she totally got to see all that. So yeah, again, shout out to her because like that, I can't, I can't imagine all those days. And I think I, I actually remember seeing in your tweet someone like you replied to someone who was like, "Oh man, you must be you you cashed out Bitcoin at the high," and you're like, "I've I've I've had my rides." <laughs> yeah, had- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've held during the highs and sold in the lows and. You know, I, I've done it all. I've, mm-hmm. without a doubt, I, I've made some money from crypto. It's, it's allowed me some financial freedom and allowed me to work on like passion projects, Yeah, so to speak. It's just kind of hilarious when you look at it. If, if you calculate all the times you could have sold, oh, and then bought, like it's just, it's a pointless endeavor. Pointless. Yeah. You, you're never happy. Yeah, yeah, especially for someone who's been in the space for so long. I, 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 when I first got into the space, you know, I'd always see on Twitter like people are like, "Oh, get ready to go through like all these crazy highs and lows." You're gonna be like, "Oh, I should have sold then. I should have sold." You can, you can hear it from people. People yeah. will tell you, "Hey, sell at the highs. Like this is the high. You got, you got to sell now. You got to sell now." You're telling your wife how much this costs. It's probably time to sell, but you're like, "Hmm, no. No, I don't think so." I thought like I think this will go higher. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like global adoption is right around the corner of the next bull run. Yeah. And so when it's when it's up there, you're like, "No, this is it. This is the time. This is when Bitcoin becomes like a global currency. This is this is going to be a reserve currency. Ethereum is being adopted in business. It's going to like power the new financial industry. And then it doesn't. And uh, yeah, it's really easy to convince yourself that bigger things are coming. Mm-hmm. What I've learned, and there's evidence to it, is we run in a four-year cycle. It, yeah. it coincides with the Bitcoin halving, which is coming up in April. And 
every cycle has started roughly like six months to a year after. Oh, okay. After, after. after. Yeah. And it, <sighs> it's not going to stay like that forever because as wider adoption comes, like the peaks and valleys should level out more. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, historically that's what it's been. And so learn, learning to look at old charts and make your decisions based on some historical facts. Are you much of a TA guy or like, do you follow no. charts? No. No. Like I said, I, I had just started my construction company. <laughs> that's right. I learned about Bitcoin. I mean, I've, I've looked at a lot of charts in my day, but I never, I never like formally learned what, what I was looking at. And yeah. I was never super interested in day trading. I got into day trading a bit and I always lost money. I prefer to like pick my horse and let it go. Luckily I've picked a few good horses and I like to build stuff. So dude, I, I resonate with that so much, both in the losing a lot in day trades because I am not good at that. And I've learned yeah. that. Nope, not a day trader. I need to find the horses that uh, I think will 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 run. I like to stick to that. So I, I really yeah. resonate with that. Knowing what you're not good at is just as powerful as knowing what you are good at. It is. And unfortunately, sometimes you have to learn some hard lessons on that. You know what? <laughs> I guess we sort of go, went off on a tangent. I, so you know what? Sometimes I just love following, following that that thread. So I'm glad we we went down that that <laughs> rabbit hole. But I have one last question because I'm really curious on your thoughts of this. And okay. it's if you so this is related to Azuki. If if you had control of like the ship and you had infinite resources, like what do you think would be like the best way? to ensure success for the brand end game type of thing, you know, infinite resources. I mean, first off, I would, I just think what they're doing, I mean, they've got the best leader for that ship right now. Zagabon, the things he does are infinitely cooler than <laughs> what I would have come up with. So uh, that being said, I think they're on the right track. I think, I think putting out a dope anime to kind of like Trojan horse Azuki brand into the world of anime lovers. Yes. It, you know, if it's successful, people are going to know what it is and they won't even know there's an NFT. Right. Yeah. They're very, they're just cool and hip and I would, I would keep doing what they're doing. They've got dope partnerships, Red Bull, Mahomes, ambush this new satoshi nakamoto hoodie i i don't think in their in their position i would do anything different or better okay okay I, I respect kind of, that kind of a cop out, but. <laughs> i respect it i respect it sometimes you get you just gotta let the builders build and you know what i i, I think personally i like their multi-directional pronged attack of you know there's beans with the line line friends ip right. sorry what's the the brand called again i guess it, it's not line it's i'm i'm it's line friends isn't it i think it is yeah i think it is and so having that partnership you know and working on that specific sector and then having the luxury brand side 
of Azuki and working on that aspect and then having the anime aspect. I like that they're keeping it in their separate lanes right now because mm-hmm. you, you kind of have that multi-directional attack on these different industries and each industry in its own right is massive, like huge, yeah. huge. And with like the widespread of adoption when it comes to anime we see it all the time on netflix it's just the right course i think like the the, their ship right now i think they're on the right course and not only all that behind all that they have the the community aspect of it all going to hong kong having all of these live events you know like it's 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 funny because all of that intersects with technology it all comes back to the technology. So that's the one aspect I'm kind of watching. I think I think they have something cooking up too in that regard. Like a new technology, not not another iteration of PBT. Maybe 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 in a, a different iteration of PBT. Maybe like an upgraded version. Even though I don't know how you can <laughs> you can upgrade that. Maybe the UI UX experience like experience when right. you're scanning. Maybe, but yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I, I totally agree with yeah. you. Totally agree with yeah, you. Yeah, what they're doing is is very hard to do. Like like you said, it's multi-pronged. Yeah. You need to have someone exceptional leading all of that because one person can't manage all of that. So just goes to show you like how good their team is that they're pulling off these in real events, pulling off fashion collabs, uh, animation, and keeping up with technology. It's such a long list that you're just like, oh my God, is this going to end? Like how, like how are they doing this right now? Yeah. They've, they've got a lot on their plates and the best part is that we're here just for the ride, you know? Exactly. I just want to see more dope shit. I just want to see more dope shit. Hell yeah. Seesaw, man, I've, I I had a wonderful time. I had a wonderful time. (laughs) Thank you for having me out. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. No, honestly, thank you for taking the time to talk about your upcoming project. I mean, you know what, for, for the folks who've kind of stuck around now, like what, what do you want to tell them in terms of your upcoming project, where you can find it and the Zuki community? What would you like to say to both? Well, I mean, regarding my project, I would just say like, check it out. Uh, whether you like it or not, I'm not going to please everyone, um, but just check it out. At the very least, you'll learn something about about the history of this space. And, you know, it's, it's not just a, a one and done for, for me. We're going to have multiple seasons. We're going to we're going to come out with some cool shit. So I'm really excited about that for the Azuki community. Just keep vibing. The good times are coming back. The builders keep building. You got so many people doing their own thing using that IP. Yeah. You know, give it time. Good things take time. Uh, we're not going to be back to a, a 10th or 15th floor overnight, but I have no doubts that we're going that, in that direction again. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Again, thank you. And that was, that was fucking awesome. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Behind the PFP. If you're not already following, please go ahead and follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Guys, what an episode. It was quite an honor to have such a wonderful and kind human being on the podcast. 
please look out for his art project and I hope you guys are now as excited as I am. This was the 20th episode. We're getting to 25 episodes. I set my goal in the beginning of this year to do a full year of podcasting. We're almost there. Should I do another season? And with that, I'll catch you on the flip side.